Well, before we begin our Torah study, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. I want to ask you to open your scriptures to Exodus chapter 23. We'll look at verses 29 and 30. It's a fascinating passage that, that uses a phrase that is, is very rare in the scriptures, but it's a simple phrase, ma'at, ma'at. Say that with me, ma'at, ma'at, which can be translated little by little. It's not really used in modern Israeli Hebrew as I understand it. But in biblical Hebrew, it's conveying an idea that God will work sometimes little by little. And this passage in Exodus 23 describes um, how God plans to work when the children of Israel go into the promised land. And he, he makes this statement, I will not drive out the inhabitants from before you in one year. And then he explains why. Because that would cause the land to become empty and the wild animals would grow too many for you. I will drive them out from before you little by little. Let's say that in English. Little by little, ma'at ma'at, until you have grown in number and can take possession of the land. So this is a description of how God's planning to work, he's telling the children of Israel, because they will think that they will be ready for a very quick work. And it reminds me of um, a recent message that Rabbi Yuri brought, asking the question, why does God take us the roundabout way rather than the most direct way? And there are times when he knows that we're not ready to go into a situation. He knows, but we don't know. And this is a similar question. Why does God work slowly? Have you ever asked that question of God? Why is this taking so long? And it's helpful to remember that some things take time. Getting older takes time. Thank goodness. Character takes time to develop. The fruit of the spirit takes time to develop. Wisdom, perseverance, strength takes time perspective, readiness. In fact, anything that involves significant preparation takes time by definition. And there's a purpose in God's timing. This is what he's trying to tell the children of Israel. And this will not be the only occasion because it will be a recurring theme that the Lord is the sovereign king and the master of times and seasons. And your life is hidden in him. God's hand is upon your times and your seasons. So if you've ever prayed, Lord, why not now? You may have gotten an answer like, because now is not the right time. Have you ever prayed for something to like come quickly and you get an answer like, no? Quickly, Lord, let it be miraculous and complete and a finished thing. Sometimes it's silence. Sometimes the answer is no. 
If things happened too quickly, there would be outcomes that we hadn't anticipated. That's what he's saying. Why roundabout? Why not the most direct path when the children of Israel were, were leaving Egypt? Well, his answer to Israel, you're not ready for the conflict. If, if you engage in battle now, you will turn back. It will be too much for you. And then here, this question, why so slowly? Why not quickly? And his answer to Israel is, if it's too quickly, you won't be able to manage the consequences of that. Because you don't foresee those consequences. Ma'at, ma'at. Little by little. A healthy response is, Lord, I know you're good. Help me to see what you see. Help me to see what I'm not seeing. Now, for some reason, when I was reading about this this week, I remembered my college roommate, John Colber. And it reminded me of playing chess with him. And Colber was a chess master. And I was a chess hack. Is that a way to put it? But when I was growing up, when I was a kid and when I was in high school, I could play with my friends, and I beat my friends more often than not playing chess. But whenever I played Colbert, it was a totally different story. And usually, he would let me make some moves that gave me the impression that I was having some success. And he would even make sounds like, oh, you know, like I did something he hadn't anticipated. And he would do that, and then I get into the game thinking, this time. <laughs> and then he makes a move I hadn't even imagined. And then one more move, and then the inevitable checkmate, and it's over. And I lost every time. For him, it was actually easy to play me. There, there was nothing to it. This wasn't a question of if we played enough times, I would eventually win. It was, I was never going to win. Have you ever been in that kind of situation? You're, you're playing with someone whose skill is so much greater than your own. Um, well, he saw much further ahead than I did. I couldn't even anticipate moves the way that he could. He understood what was going to happen, and he could deal with anything that did happen. I imagined that I saw a way. I could try something that had worked before in this situation or that, but he knew better. And I think in the same way, the Lord sees further ahead than we do. He sees things that, that we can't see, and the Lord, unlike my roommate, does not want us defeated, and so he protects us from our own wrong sense of timing. You and I can have a wrong sense of timing. We can feel this is the perfect time, and the Lord has a better sense of timing. So part of our trust in the Lord is trusting his timing and trusting what he sees that we don't see. Now I want to look at some scriptures that remind us of this. Romans 5, 6. We're going to do a little merry-go-round of scriptures. Romans 5, 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Messiah 
died for the ungodly. Before we even knew what to do, before we even knew how to get right with God, before we were even motivated to pursue that, Messiah had come already to lay down his life. When we were powerless to provide an atonement, he atoned for us. And when did he do it? At just the right time. 2 Corinthians 6.2 For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. At just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. The Lord has a sense of perfect timing. And then Galatians 6.9 Let us not become weary in doing good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. If we don't give up. I love this passage. It's, it's meant to, to teach us to strengthen ourselves, to encourage ourselves. Don't give up. Don't say to yourself, it's never going to bear fruit. I'm never going to get that result that God showed me he wanted. That, that thing I've been sowing seed into, that which I've been putting effort into, is never going to bear fruit. Don't give up. If you give up, it won't. Don't become weary in doing good. For at just the right time, let's say that, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So let's understand it another way. If we do give up, what will happen? We won't reap. That's right. We won't reap. Ecclesiastes 8.5. This is really a good sampling of scripture. The one who keeps a command will not experience anything harmful. And a wise heart knows the right time and the procedure. When to do something and how to do it. A wise heart. How many of us want to be wise? One of the measurements of, of wisdom is that we can be discerning of the right time and the right sequence and the right procedure. It's one thing to have a sense of timing. It's also another thing to know what to do and in what order. Over the years when I've counseled couples that um, had long-term marriage difficulties, one of the questions I would ask them is, how did you decide to get married? And you would be surprised how many people decided because they heard a word from the Lord, this is your spouse, this is the one to marry. And so I, I would ask this follow-up question, how did you know it was the right time to get married? And almost all the people I've asked that question to said, never thought of that. I thought if I knew the right person, then it must be the right time. And so uh, another question, well, how did you prepare yourselves to get married? Because marriage is not an easy thing to do. How did you prepare? Oh, well, we didn't. 
Well, it's not a surprise then, is it? That with that, with that approach, that a couple would have long-term difficulties that they can't solve because they're not accustomed to solving such problems together. They're not accustomed to saying, here's our goal, here's what we want to accomplish together, here's what's really important to us, how do we make sure that we do things in the right way and at the right time? It's important to take this to heart. A wise heart knows and recognizes the right time and the right procedure. Isaiah 60, verse 22, a little twist on all of this. The least of you will become a thousand, the smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord, and in its time, I will do this swiftly. Now, that's the twist. I'll do it swiftly. When? At the right time. Well, what if the right time isn't now? Then it won't feel like it's swift, right? And maybe some of you can relate to this. You've you waited and waited and waited. You were patient, you persevered, you held on, and then suddenly things changed. Suddenly, it was the right time. The Lord did what he was going to do swiftly. The whole measure of time wasn't swift, but when he acted at just the right time, it accomplished a great amount in a very short period of time. Timothy, I cut off which Timothy? 1 Timothy 6, 15. For at just the right time, Messiah will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God, the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. When will Messiah return? At the right time. At just the right time. Not before, not late. At just the right time. And with all this in mind, let's, let's close by looking at Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. This is an admonition about how to, how to put a number of complicated ideas together into some simple actions. Above all these things, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together perfectly. And let the shalom, which comes from the Messiah, be your heart's decision maker. I like that translation. For this is why you were called to be part of a single body. Let love glue everything together and hold everything together. And let the shalom that comes from Messiah be what determines how you make your decisions. The worst decisions I've ever made are during times when I didn't yet have peace. But I felt so uncomfortable with the anxiety that I wanted to get rid of the anxiety. Some of you can relate to that. And acted when I didn't have peace. And in general, I would say my worst decisions have come during such times. And so now I try to recognize if I don't have shalom, if I don't have peace from God, not, not just emotional peace, but real spiritual peace from God, it's better to wait until I do than it is to act anyway. Especially when instead of shalom, I have 
a sense of disturbance or uncertainty. You know, like, oh, this doesn't feel right, or this is troubling. And if you try to get rid of those troubling feelings by action without wisdom, without love and without peace, I, I think it will not go well. Better to wait and to be clear about it. Now, I say this to everybody but gross procrastinators. <laughs> and the reason is this. For gross procrastinators, every reason to put off an action is, is always guiding them. But for procrastinators, they also need to deal with this because it's important for them to allow love and peace to work together so that they do make decisions. And if, if you're an indecisive person who, who hates to make a decision because of all the reasons that people hate to make decisions, if you're a procrastinator and you're haunted by your procrastination, if everybody knows that you're a procrastinator and you've even made a promise that one day you're going to take care of this, then don't just have a habit of trusting yourself to put off things. You may not have peace ever, even when God is giving you peace, even when he's saying now. You may have a reason to say, well, now is not actually so good, Lord. Do you remember when the children of Israel wanted to go up and, and fight um, after they had had a period where they didn't want to go into a battle. And when the Lord had said, if you go now, then I will give you victory. And they said, no, we can't, we'll lose. And the Lord said, oh, now you're just gonna be in trouble. And after a while, they said, okay, now we're ready. And he said, now is not the time, don't go. And they said, no, 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 we're ready now, we're gonna do it anyway. And they went up. So not going up and going up in both cases were not the result of peace. They were not the result of wisdom. They were not the result of sensing the right time and the right way to do things. They were simply emotional decisions to do something or not do something without any wisdom whatsoever. So my hope, my hope is that everyone who's in a hurry right now could take time to say, Lord, do I need to be hurrying or do I need ma'at ma'at? Do I need little by little, step by step? What do you want me to do now? And how do you want me to do it? And if the Lord is trying to give you caution, don't rush ahead, don't go too quickly. There are unforeseen circumstances, there are consequences. There's difficulty that you're not imagining will come your way if you hurry into that decision. This is one of the ways that God protects us. And so my hope is that every one of us would receive that protection. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you lead us correctly, that you pay attention to the right times and the right ways. And I pray, Lord, that we would not be impatient nor would we be disappointed, nor would we lose heart, nor would we grow weary of doing good. But we would put our trust in you, 
and we would allow your Holy Spirit to lead us. We would accept wisdom and guidance that protects us rather than causes us to go into destruction or failure. We pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. We're going to close with Aaron's blessing. Would you please rise? Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha. Ye'er Adonai p'nave lecha v'chunecha. Yisa Adonai p'nave lecha v'yasem lecha shalom. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Shabbat shalom, everyone.